Hello, and welcome to the Exit Fund Show. Here we speak to top startups and investors in order to demystify the startup ecosystem. Today, we continue our conversation with Aniruddha Banerjee, the co-founder of SwitchOn. Let's dive right in and discover more about the startup's funding journey, leadership style, and valuable lessons for aspiring entrepreneurs. So um, one, one thing I really wanted to also talk about was raising your first seed round. So yeah. can you uh, talk a little bit about how much you raised and uh, what that process was like? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, so we raised our seed round from Pi Ventures. So Pi Ventures is a deep tech uh, and AI fund based out of India. Um, and what I distinctly remember is that that uh, the, the partner of the fund, M- M- Manish, so Manish literally came to one of our customers to see the product, right? And that's what I'll always remember, right? And he re- literally dissected the product, um, you know, went into what kind of components we use, what software went in and stuff like that, right? So I think there was a very deep um, understanding of the product that, you know, we shared for for Pi to come in and invest in our seed round, right? And I would say that a large part of our seed round was really the product, right? And our combined, um, you know, over and my combined technical expertise to be able to productize that and scale that, right? That's what happened. Uh, we raised about 1 million US, uh, right? Which uh, used to be a sizable seed round at that time, right? And what that let us do is that let us, A, uh, you know, productize this concept a lot better. Uh, it allowed us to build the initial team uh, that stays with us, most of them till now, right? And, uh, you know, and we were able to kind of sell it to a few of the customers um, who we wanted to actually sell it to. So that's what kind of allowed us to do that, right? And then, um, you know, the enterprise sales engine, which uh, we were able to kickstart is something that we have continued to scale over time. Got it. So did you like that, um, you know, level of intent and that level of commitment that Manish showed uh, when he came and really thoroughly checked out your product? Or were you a little surprised? Did you see other VCs doing the same thing or, or was that a little bit different? Um, uh, so it's that's a very interesting and a very nuanced question. So, you know, I we were really surprised that a VC would come um, to that level and do this, right? Because obviously the stories you hear are very different stories, especially now in this kind of a frothy environment, right? Um, however, we really liked it because we hence knew that we are partnering with a person who knew how to build products, hardware, software, software products, no less. And we knew that at a very fundamental level, we could exchange ideas and build and partner together for the longer term, right? So that's something that we really, really like. And um, I could not have hoped for better because as we started, you know, adding more layers in our product, uh, the level of understanding that actually Manish has around product building, especially in hardware and software, literally shaped 
a lot of the initial thesis and a lot of the initial ideas that we used to productize this and and you know made this probably 10 times better than it would have been otherwise amazing amazing that that's quite the recommendation and uh, you know a, a very 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 good uh, telltale for pi ventures so did pi ventures then did they lead the round or did they completely fill the round what was uh, you know who was in the million dollar seed round yeah so uh, they led the round and then it was uh, uh, so we had axelor ventures and a bunch of angels from chennai angels uh, that filled in the rest yeah. yeah got it and how many investors did you have to reach out to um, you know before getting these yeses um so if i remember the number correctly uh, we reached out to about 28 investors who said no got it yeah. yep that's how the that's how the process goes and so once you got that yes said you got that initial capital yeah. uh, were there any celebrations that came about yeah uh, there were uh, right but it was i would say we were uh, like very very young uh, at that time and this was more a celebration uh, more a validation you know than a celebration because we still you know we we continue to say this that you know raising a round is not an achievement right it's a validation definitely of the kind of work that you have done but it's a it's a trust that a bunch of people have that you would be able to uh, do something much better with the capital and give them an amazing re- return uh, sometime uh, in the future so you know that's basically uh, it was definitely a small celebration with a very small team we were around eight people at that time if i'm not mistaken uh, right uh, but then uh, you know the next day uh, which was a thursday if i remember correctly we all came back to work you know and we all worked till 2 am so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's really a, the true startup story yeah. uh, you know you're back to the office till 2 am that's amazing yeah. so now you know you've raised a series a round i believe 4.2 million dollars yes. is that yeah. right yes so what do you think helped you get to this stage what was the uh, you know major achievement uh, from seed to series a so i think two things um one definitely is product market fit right and and i would i'd highlight this in the industrial context right so in the industrial context uh getting to a product market fit is very complex because of you know the complexity of making a sale in an enterprise and really i think our learning around this was that product market fit in enterprise really happens when you are able to sell your product and have sales cycles of like 70 days 75 days and lower right because the amount of time that enterprises typically take to make a call right if your product is not intensely valuable to them they'll take forever right so you know i'm sure you've heard of sales cycles of like 6 months 8 months 1 year etc etc right so for that a couple of things needed to happen one as i have mentioned in the in the past that we needed to get to really the core of the value pool that we are providing to our customers right what is it that our customers really are willing to pay for right and this continues to be an exercise by the way i mean we have a level of understanding now but now that we are scaling up so rapidly 
we are figuring out a lot of things that we we thought we did knew but we didn't really know the second thing is uh, really the market right so you know what we figured out is that you know the customer persona and and who is it that we are selling to and who is it that really values our product is also another thing that we really figured out on our way and again uh, you know now we know that there are a certain kind of um, companies uh, businesses that we sell to really really well and we started doubling down and what essentially started happening is we essentially started winning these large global contracts with companies that you know would otherwise take a year or more to close such things right and we really saw that speed we really saw that intention we really saw you know what uh, uh, what probably mark says that you know when you have a market that pulls the product out of your hand right is when you see a product market fit and and really as i say this i will highlight that this is an experience right so people who have not experienced product market fit really will not be able to uh, you know kind of uh, uh, align to what i'm saying but people who have will definitely know that you know there is this feeling that everything is breaking in every team right and you know that's a good feeling to have and that's something that we achieved um in and around raising that round and that really showed with the kind of growth that we were able to show as well so you know we we grew about 3x last year we are uh, we are as of now we have grown 17x this year and we are looking to close the year at a growth of around 10x or something like that uh, right and and that is what is very crucial uh, that was very crucial for us to raise our series a round Wow, amazing. So just so we understand, um you know, you said post product market fit you were able to really reduce the B2B sales cycle. Yep. And what about before uh, you found product market fit? What was your sales cycle like at that time? Very interesting question. So so it was like that, right? So it was a sales cycle of you know, 4 to 5 months, extremely unpredictable. Uh we we did not know what we were doing wrong. Um you know, and you know it was a a process of deeper and deeper understanding of our customers and the value that we are providing for them so it was you know uh, very much like that the other thing is and this is something that i would want to highlight as well is that most of the sales cycle at that time was founder led right so um, you know so a founder led sales works very very differently than a sales team led sale and i'm very happy to report that obviously right now uh, you know our sales team is able to sell uh, at scale without me being present in a single meeting etc right but the initial sales were like that where i i used to go into every meeting to not just you know sell myself but also to understand how we could add more value you know and and all the other things that i spoke of right so it was like that amazing amazing so now you have some pretty big customer names you you mentioned unilever png how long did it take to um, you know close these guys and was this uh, before product market fit or post product market fit so unilever was i mean the first sale was around product market fit around that time right uh, png was definitely after uh, right so yeah i think um, 
you know the the journey there was very very interesting so uh, our first customer by the way was this company called ITC so ITC is a very um, big conglomerate in india uh, right and um, obviously that sale was extremely hacky right so you know we personally went there saw the line you know uh, brainstormed with the customer regarding how this product could be installed right and really we were you know at that point we had very little idea regarding a lot of other nuanced and interesting things like pricing and sales cycle and stuff right we were just trying to close a sale and that is about it right i think post product market fit a lot of the large customers that we are now working with there is a lot of repeatability in how we do things right so there is literally a process where we know i think to a large extent now even better than a few of our customers how do they actually how how should they actually purchase a technology product like this right and that understanding actually shows at all levels a uh, part of that is also product right so we made a ton of improvements in the product so that we were able to get the get to the customer wow factor you know as soon as possible right and we also made a lot of changes in the product to make deployments as quick as possible right and we also made a lot of changes to our product to be able to you know give to our customers everything that we have promised uh, when the sale was made right and we continue to do that right we continue to invest extremely heavily in pro- providing real value to our customers but yeah i think that is kind of how the journey went from you know someone like itc where just closing a sale was important to you know customers that we work with recently uh, uh, you know very recently where we have a very clear timeline in mind we have a very clear set of stages in mind and we are able to uh, you know work with our customers for them to be able to procure the product as quickly as possible that's really great that's really great so now um, you know with this series a money um are you seeing that the majority of this money is going towards scaling and scaling uh, and sales or are you seeing that you still are focusing heavily on investing within the product and uh, product iterations extremely heavily in the product right so and and again i i must highlight this uh you know the you know unlocking bigger and bigger value pools right and adding more value to our customers is our priority right so you know we continue to spend heavily on product development right so we are evolving from a stage where where we are able to just identify a defect to then be able to really help our customers eliminate defects altogether right so you know that's where we are heavily investing in but we are also heavily investing in international expansion right so especially in us and europe where we see that a lot of the um, you know a lot of the wastage a lot of the defects etc are coming in really heavily right and we are investing heavily in that we are also investing in scaling up our india sales teams um, right such that they can actually uh, serve the enormous customer demand that we have been able to generate mostly by word of mouth <laughs> i would say yeah as of now yeah 
That's amazing. That's amazing. And so you also mentioned previously that um, you know you were you were doing founders founder led sales versus now it's sales team led sales. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned that there's a huge difference between the two. Yep. Um, can you share a little bit more about that and and what really you see as one of the major uh, distinctiveness between the two? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a founder led sale is more about closing a sale. Right. So you're at a point where you are not aware as to what is the real value you are adding. And and just to be very clear, right, in a founder led sale, the customer trusts you as a founder and everything that you say. Right. So so it is a double edged sword. Right. So basically, whatever you promise, you have to give, uh, you know, and, and so so forth. Right. So founder led sales is a very, very hacky way of getting towards that. But it is extremely important till you reach the first 100 to 200K, right? It is, it is, no one can do this for you is, is what I would say, right? And we are going through the same journey in Europe and US as I have this conversation with you. But a sales team led sale is very different because when you are building your first sales set of sales folks, right? Do note that, you know, you have to have a level of repeatability in place because what, what, what does a sales team expect? The sales team expects that you have a product that a customer values and they are willing to pay for. The sales team expects that the product works and the sales team expects that, you know, and, and again, though slightly dependent upon whether it's an A on an SDR, but the sales team at least expects that you have a set of ICPs that are very well defined for your product, right? Because look what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is they're trying to take this product and they are trying to sell this to as many customers as quickly as possible, right? And that's that's basically what they do. Obviously, with an early stage product, um, you know, this is this becomes more and more complex. And with a deep tech product, it again becomes more and more complex. And just to let you know that most of our salespeople, even right now, come from an engineering background, right? And that's how complex it is to sell the deep inspect product that we have. But the repeatability is something that is definitely essential for building early stage sales teams, right? You would want them to hit quota, uh, right? You would want want to set um, aspirational but not impossible quotas. And you would want them to hit that quota quarter over quarter, right? And you have to be deeply invested in them hitting quota. And this is what an early, st- uh, and this is what a sales team led sales looks like, right? And and the role of the the founder at that time more becomes enablement of that sales team, right? So how do you drive demand? How do you you know help them close quicker? Automate a lot of things that they should not be doing. Create systems that make them you know go faster, do better charge more close quicker so that's kind of how it is perfect perfect so in terms of um, you know hiring technical sales or even engineering or anything have you seen any challenges with hiring has this been a problem for you or has it been quite smooth sailing always <laughs> always a problem right because hiring top-notch engineers or sales folks at the budgets that early stage startups have is nearly impossible, right? Um, 
obviously multiple things have helped um one thing that i can point out is that you know a lot of us um you know both of and i have done a lot of these things ourselves right so we are able to understand why a certain thing does not work and build against that right so that's that's something that is fundamental and that's build that builds trust right that builds value so you know most of the folks know that when we hence say something or do something that really brings value to them and we really understand at a at a conceptual level the kind of problems that they are facing the other thing that has also helped is that obviously we now work with very large problems and solve very state of the art problems right and this is especially valid this is valid both both for sales sales as well as for tech because in tech hence they know that if they come to work for switch on they are really working at the state of the art of ai right and you know that entails a lot of learning obviously a lot of hard work but a lot of learning right and a lot of growth from a sales perspective you know selling an ai product right is uh, again while it's very difficult but it's again a very very you know rich experience in terms of the sales itself right and couple that with the fact that we are selling saas to manufacturing which is like a legacy industry right it, it has a lot of very interesting challenges and a lot of learning right and this leads to an inordinate amount of growth for most of the people that work with us with sales so in in sales we hence have been able to attract top talent from you know large competitors of ours right with enormous experience because you know because they just want to sell an ai product and they want to do this at a scale at which we are growing like at a you know 10x kind of growth year over year amazing amazing so when you first uh, started you know did you see yourself here today where you, where you already have reached or um you know when you first started was it just getting to from level 0 to level 1 uh what what was your expectation so uh, here's where um you know here's where our expectation was right so when we started the company we wanted a very big outcome like an ipo right and we wouldn't set, settle for anything else right so we because as i mentioned in the past building switch on was all about creating outsized impact right and that continues to be the north star for us right so we will not settle for anything less right and that's how it is obviously how we get there uh, you know and what we do are all things that um, you know we continue to work on but the the goal is clear to create an outsized outcome for everyone and be able and and be present in every single manufacturing plant across the globe i love that i love that so should we be expecting to see switch on the, on the unicorn list in the future um i mean uh, i i sure hope so uh, but for that we would have to create i i would rather be a, a centaur uh, so i mean i'm sure you've heard of this bessemer's concept of yeah. uh, right where you know we get to 100 million dollars in arr right so that is something that we really want to aim for rather than being a unicorn Absolutely. And so how long do you think till uh, you reach that milestone? What is the forecast looking like?
Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, just again, talking a little bit about Switch On and the history, what would you say has been your biggest challenge up to date? Uh, any challenges in fundraising or parts that you didn't like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> fundraising is always challenging, right? And especially, um, you know, raising a Series A in a manufacturing sector, which is not sexy generally, uh, right? With a deep tech product, you know, and in the environment that we raise is obviously was extremely challenging. I would not say that, you know, uh, uh, there's particularly anything that I did not like, you know, really in this, my entire mentality personally is one of learning, right? So I would definitely say that I learned a bunch of things, uh, right? And what I know now, um, I think really would help us a lot more in growing to our next level, right? But I think that every every single no and every single meeting, I, I distinctly remember to every single person, here's what I asked that, you know, even if it's a no, give me some feedback. Tell me how we can improve, right? And we took a lot of that feedback to heart, right? And, and we made a lot of changes and that is something as I, yeah, and, yeah, and you'll, you'll keep hearing this as a theme. We iterate very quickly, right? So, you know, if you give me a feedback, right? Uh, definitely. We try to iterate extremely quickly in that. That's amazing. That's amazing. So in terms of even, um, you know, your leadership style as a founder, actually very quickly, how many people are on your team now? So currently we have around 42 people. Amazing. So 42 people starting from four to eight to 42. Um, mm-hmm. Has your leadership style changed over the time? Have you also iterated as a leader? A lot, a lot. So, um, so as I, as I mentioned, right. So when we started, you know, both Avro and I had a very deep product background, right. So, you know, we looked at most of the things as a, an engineer would, or as a technologist would. So I think the first thing that really changed and this this happened when I started managing people, right, is this deep sense of empathy, right? That what is it that they are going through, right? And if I can make them something better, right? <clears throat> the second thing I think that changed very recently as I started managing, uh, I started managing managers, right? is to be deeply interested into in the success of the team right and and i can't you know say this and again unfortunately it's one of those things that you have to experience so unless you're deeply invested in the success of the team really a lot of the choices that you make happen in a very different manner right and and that has been one of the other learnings of mine that you know how to be deeply in, invested in the success of the team and the third is, you know, the management style itself. So over time, I have really developed a management style that is very hands-off, uh, depends more on inspiration, right? Uh, and being able to inspire the people that work with you, um, you know, rather than tell them to do something. Because what I've realized is that unless your team experiences the difficulty that you're facing or experiences the problem that you're seeing, right? To a large extent and and unless you are right a lot of times that trust does not build and without that um, you know people find find it very very difficult to work with you um, and report to you and such so yeah i think and and 
I continue to learn, right? So, so again, you know, this is something that I, as the team is getting bigger, I'm, I'm picking up newer and newer and newer, better things. Yeah. Amazing. And I love that. I love that because you started, uh, when we started the show, you mentioned trust between you and your co-founder and now trust again as another main major, uh, key characteristic now between you and your larger team. Um, so, you know, over the time, of course, there must have, you know, lots of ups and downs and maybe even some funny experiences. So have you had any funny experiences that you can share with, uh, with you and your team? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bunch of them. So, you know, here I was, uh, making the first sale in ITC, uh, right. And, and, you know, essentially come back from us so you know there's a very different sense of time etc etc there you know i was supposed to report for a meeting at 10 you know came at around you know 9 45 thought i'll be having a meeting at 10 you know a machine broke down in the plant uh, sat till 5 p.m <laughs> and was asked to come back the next day Right. So it was a fun slash <laughs> culture shock slash, <laughs> you know, all of those experience trips together. Right. And that was very interesting. I mean, it was, it was a very, very interesting, like first shot into how uh, difficult sales can be. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there continue to be a lot of fun experiences. I mean, uh, very recently, uh, you know, we, we now work with large organizations. So very recently, someone asked me to, uh, you know, connect uh, them to a particular team that we did not have, right? So, you know, I just said that I am the team, right? <laughs> so, you know, these kind of experiences continue to happen. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, I think it's overall, it's been an extremely fun and rewarding journey, you know, and can't, can't wait way to see i think where we get from here absolutely well uh ani it's been really great having you on the exit fund show um you know obviously switch on is one of the startups that we're really excited about and that we anticipate really great growth from we're really really excited to see where you go from here um and uh yeah it was just really great having you is there anything else you want to share uh with the audience or you feel good no, I think I'm, I'm good. Uh, for the audience, I think I would wish all of them great. Uh, the early stages of any company, including SwitchOn, are very difficult. We are nearly always confused, running after too many things and stuff. Just have the b belief that things will work out. And I think they, they tend to have a way to always work out. Yeah. It was great to speak to you, Ankit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What great parting words. Thanks again, Ani, for being on the show. And uh, we'll, we're going to keep in touch. Sure, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for joining us on the Exit Fund Show. We are actively investing in early stage startups from pre-C to Series A globally. If any startup thinks they are headed in the same trajectory as SwitchOn, you're welcome to apply at ExitFund.com.